Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we've got our baby. We're at home. We might have one income. How do we manage the family cash flow? What family tax benefits do we need? What other tips and tricks are up our sleeves? And how do we invest money for the kids for the future? Well, welcome back to the second part of our little chatty chat 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 about kids and money and everything in between. We've got Amy Pigeon again. What up, Amy? Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. And James Millard. Yo. It's good to know this stuff, even if you're not thinking about kids just yet. It's just good to know all types of information. And you might remember one thing and then in five, six years time, remember that one thing and it might help. So, we're going to have a chat today about all the fun stuff and I've got a whole heap of questions and comments from all of you in the Facebook group that added um, your comments and questions to the post that we put up recently. And then at the very end of this podcast, if you go and have a listen after the kind of end credits, if you will, uh, we do we went on a bit of a rabbit warren um, with James and Amy about parenting and homes and all that decision-making as couples. So that kind of came out of nowhere. So that's a bit of fun. So go to the very end. So are you guys ready to have a chat to round two? Let's do it. All right. Are you tired of scrolling through your social media, constantly wondering about how he can afford a smoothie bowl every morning or about how she can afford that brand new Mercedes AMG on her salary? Well, wonder no more because at My Millennial Money, we're proud to announce our brand new payment platform. It's a system that allows you to buy items in one easy installment at the time of purchase using your own money. It allows you to be flexible with your cash flow and will let you make smart money decisions. It's interest-free, contains no late fees, and as an added bonus, there's no limit to the amount of money you can use. Your credit file will not be touched, and you don't have to install any other apps. Introducing NowPay, available now. Pay. James, if I can throw to you first, can mm-hmm. we just talk about paid parental leave, family tax benefits, and all that crap? First. We better get the crap out of the way, shouldn't we? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I will say, like, I'll get James just to talk conceptually because there's no point us telling you what the requirements are or the dollar figures to the point. Changes every list- year. Yeah, it just changes. So, it's just that conceptual thing. So, so paid parental leave or parental leave pay is about seven twenty a week before tax based on the national minimum wage. So, 18 weeks worth of that gives you about 13 grand. Right. Okay. So... How does, like, practically, does someone go to Centrelink and apply and they get it drip fed or can you do it at the end of the year in your tax return? Yeah, so you, to to have the ability to get that, you need to have earned, that. You, this one in particular, they look at last year's income. Right. So, 150 grand or less. So, most people get it. It's, it's, it's either you did or you didn't. So, you don't have to wait 
for that one, ah. you can apply and get it straight away. Yeah, cool. What a lot of people do will try and work out if they're getting paid maternity leave from work, either get that first or push that back. Yes. Most of the time, it's easier just to get, get the minimum wage, learn to live off that and uh, and get your full pay later on. Yeah. And again, it speaks to, you know, when you are planning a family, you need to know how much it costs you to live and exist. And then, you know, when one income drops or if you only got one income, what are you going to do when that income mm. stops if you're a single parent? Yeah. So, that's very important. What's And again, I'm actually not a specialist on anything to do with kids um, or family tax benefits because I just don't... A lot of the clients that I've dealt with over time, just the nature of my client base, were not eligible for these benefits. Mm-hmm. Now, can you give me a, just a, a loose over... Family tax benefits. Yeah. Sure. So, there's two parts to it. So, it's basically to assist with costs of raising kids. Um, and it's all dependent on their child, on their age, um, yeah. and the amount that, uh, and the time in care. And so it obviously test. changes with age each year. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the part, if John was here, I'd be like, shut up, John, you're too rich. You wouldn't even worry about this. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't embarrass you, Amy. <laughs> Thanks. <Ben>. So <laughs> yeah, look, there's part A and part B. So yeah. it's, I mean, it is fairly complex, so we won't get too, yeah. get too stuck into it, but Part A is paid for each child, so it's sure. per child basis, um, and that's income tested, yes. and it's it's the individual circumstances. Part B um, is paid per family, um, and that's a that's a payment rate that's kind of based on the family's income, and uh, and an income test that right. helps them get it. So I will say, like anything, um, I'm not really a fan of working less hours to pay less tax mm-hmm. or anything like that. I just think you need to live your life and take any legal entitlements that you're due uh, without feeling guilty or anything like that. Um, yeah. You know, I know a lot of you out there, you know, if you're legitimately sick and you have to call in sick, you'll sit at home on the lounge all day and feel guilty. I mean, stop. You did not have to feel guilty for using things for sure that you're entitled to by law that's what that's what they're there for exactly um but i I mean i'd say the opposite as well is is true in the case that don't not work just because you think you should get an entitlement Mm. um if if you are somewhat motivated by working and that's going to keep you busy you'll be far happier earning not getting any benefit from from centrelink from the government and Having to deal with childcare and all of that, it's there's there's all sorts of ways to spin this. Yes, um, it's going to come back to what you're what's driving you at the time. Yeah, I mean, keep on top of it. And the the good thing is, like human services, I think they call it now. The website's pretty good, and it's in everyday language. And yeah, I mean, just jump on there and get some info. So we're all we're in favour of getting what you're entitled to. I want to actually ask Amy a question. Mm-hmm. Your kids are now you know, well and truly in school. What what did you do with childcare? And were you a full-time mum? Were you a part-time mum? Talk to us about that. Um, I went through different periods where I was full-time, um, you know, for all of the kids about the first six months or so. I was always working from home though on some elements of one of the businesses. So there yes. was always that, but, mm. but I was that technically classified as full-time mum. And then I would go back to work. And I did two to three days, basically, from the time they were six months old. And And was that for your own sanity or for money? Probably most of the time for my own sanity. But there was definitely periods I mentioned in the previous podcast when we had our second baby and we neither of us 
had a job, we were starting a new business. Yes. There was definite times where, yeah, that money was absolutely... Yeah, but in regards to childcare, we had a few different things, I suppose, up our sleeve. Uh, one of my, uh, A couple of girlfriends that I knew at the time who'd had children around the same age, we did like a, a contra deal in childcare essentially mm. whereby, you know, we worked at that I worked Monday, so she had my kids Monday. Oh, wow, that's and amazing. she worked Tuesday, so I had her kids Tuesday. Unreal. Oh. I'd so, never thought of that. Yeah, so... And this is why you're here, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've done, and I've done that with a couple of friends over the years at different points. Um, so, you'd have to be pretty good friends? <laughs> Very much, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> but look, you know, I know plenty of mums that have done it with other mums that they've met at Mother's Group and things. Um, mm. At Mother's Group is a perfect time because your kids are the same age. So you may be looking to go back to work at similar times. So if you're somebody that doesn't have the support around you um, of grandparents, because one thing that I'm finding a lot of is that uh, people of our generation that are having babies, not all of our parents are retired. So yeah. we don't all have that five-day-a-week fallback of retired grandparents. Yeah, um, for sure. Or if they are retired, then they're off, often off travelling and wanting to mm. you know, do their own thing, which is absolutely fine. The mother's but- group stuff has is worked really well. Tash, Tash got right into that mm. for Ada, their first child. Yeah. And um, did you? Yeah. Um, I did in Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, when, when we moved back up here, we had our second and third up here on the coast, they're not so keen on you taking toddlers along and I had a pretty, pretty full-on toddler. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, like childcare, yeah. like the out-of-pocket cost could be, what, up to $200 a day? Um, it, it, well, it depends obviously on where. So your inner city is more um, the type of childcare that you're using, the number of children, wow. obviously. So the closer you have your children together in age which we had three under four at one point so there was a point where when I was working none of them were at school so I had to find Mm. someone willing to look after three toddlers for me or pay for all three of them to be in care so and do you remember how much that was um look roughly before Hundred hundred dollars a day yeah, for a child okay. is, yeah. is, and I think it like, might be around one hundred and fifty a day. What like what do you? Pay? It works out. So I mean, we we pay a hundred each, but we've got we got a sweet deal yeah. for where we are. Most most of them are one hundred and fifty, one hundred and eighty. Yeah, um, and that's before any subsidy. Mm-hmm. So it used to be the childcare rebate that was fifty percent flat. Wow, that's right. Um, so you can kind of you used to be able to halve your cost. Now it depends on what you earn, but if you're kind of in the middle, it it goes on family income, but there's a subsidy of either zero. Or, or anywhere up to 80%. I guess the only example I can probably use is my own sister because mm-hmm. I obviously don't have a spouse and kids. So Lauren made the decision that she wanted to be a full-time parent until the kids were in school, okay? Now, they didn't have brand new cars. They had a small house that they were growing. So there were sacrifices there, right? Uh, and then it got to the point where she was going nuts, because she was sick of talking kid all day. Mm. So then that's mm. when she went and rejoined the workforce. Now, if someone's listening, like, and it goes back to you can't compare yourself to others, but is there, I guess, maybe from a financial point of view, is there a thing that it actually works out better financially to work and $200 a day and get $20 a head, like with a difference with childcare, or just if the money's there, 
just be a full-time parent if you would like. Look, I think I think it's still driven 100% by your goals and by what's important to you. Mm. After that, though, if you're looking at the numbers, then, then yeah, you've got to look at that. If it's going to cost you $200 a day for two kids, are you earning at least that much? And, and then is there a subsidy? Because if there's a subsidy coming back to you, well, then if you're enjoying the work, um, I'd say make sure you're at least earning, I'd say at least 50% more than what your costs are. Yeah. Because otherwise you are literally and, burning your time. And this is, it goes back to like when we were talking about it the, at the last episode about getting our foundations right. Like, again, have a child whenever you want. You will make it work. Like there's been millions of people born in the weirdest circumstances all over the world. Like it's okay. Uh, history tells us. But the more planned you are, sometimes the easier it will be. Because yeah, you're not paying $300 a month on an old personal loan. And having a kid to put him in school and have to work and have all this pressure, or you don't have the brand new car with a five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred dollar a month car payment, which means you've got to go to work and put them in childcare to get the net difference. Like, yep. so I think it is important that if you are looking to seriously have a family in the next coming years, life will be do yourself a favor today for the for the you in three to five years time. And if that means you're keeping out of debt or you're doing X or you're doing Y, 100% yeah. do that. And that's one of those things we do with so many younger clients is when there's, when there's kids on the, on the horizon, start saving now. And then you don't have to worry about that stuff. You can go back to work or, yeah. you, or you don't. Um, and that extra bulk of cash that you might have put away can, be, can subsidize what you earn if it needs to mm. or what you don't earn. Mm. Um, and, and you've got choices. And that conversation about whether you're going to work, what, like whether going back to work is viable financially is one that we would have with our accountant every year too. So we would sit down and say, okay, this is what I will earn if yeah. I go back, you know, three mm. days and this is what's going to cost me. Let's look at this in the overall scheme of things in terms of, you know, with the business and how we're structuring everything. Mm. Should I go back to work is essentially what he would yeah. we would say yeah. financially. Should I go back to work? And some years he'd say, yes, you should. And some years he'd say, no, you shouldn't. I always went back anyway because I wanted to. Yes. But yeah. um, the choice was yours. It wasn't made but, yeah. for you because you've had to have, get the money. Yeah. And especially when you're, ta- when you're self-employed, there's, right. there's a big tax element there. And Absolutely. can you be shoving some of the income towards you anyway? Yeah. And will that help you both? That's right. And so regardless. they were the conversations that we'd have. And, yeah. But yeah, we were always creative i suppose with our child care as well too because that's a huge yeah. the biggest cost of going back to work and yeah, i really like the idea of getting another parent and yeah. swapping days yeah so we did that quite a bit because realistically like if you had two small kids yeah and then your other family or friend or whatever had two small kids i mean if you're looking after two another two isn't moving the needle too much oh, anyway in many ways it's they, easier sometimes because they play, cause together. They play yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. And they're less likely to fight with other kids than they are with their own mm. siblings. And in many ways, having other kids yeah, is wow. easier. The kids loved it. Like they spent, you know, that first five years with their buddies. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's great. cool. Yeah. And the good thing about like the daycare costs, if you are looking at private schooling, sometimes there won't be a huge jump in terms of costs anyway. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. True. So, talk to us, Amy, about your schooling in terms of your kids and that process. 
whether you went public or private? Um, yep. So they are at a, <clears throat> a local Catholic school. Sure. Um, and is that because you're a devout church-going Catholic on a Sunday or is it? No. What? No. Okay. No, not for me. I've never, I wasn't raised a Catholic. I wasn't raised with any religion. Pidge was. Pidge is a Catholic. Um, it was, that decision was based purely around what I felt was the best environment for our oldest child. And I'm a teacher, went to public schools. I teach in public schools, so I'm a big believer in public education. But in our local area, the school that we chose, I felt was the best fit for, the, for that child. Yes. Yep. Um, and I'm not opposed to having the kids at different schools based upon what suits their needs. Like so Max is 10 now. Yep. Um, surely you and John have started to have the high school discussion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. where are you leaning at them? Like, cause it, it could be Max might need a private high school and Molly, you can just send her to the local public. Like, yeah. is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Are you loose as that? Absolutely. We're as loose as that. Yep. I would send the three of them to three different schools if I thought that it was going to be the most beneficial environment mm. for each, yeah, wow. each one of them. So, which logistically you might look at and think, oh God, that's a nightmare. But, you know, I think that that's the right thing to do. And John's self-employed if you're either working at a school or if life's – like this is choose your own adventure, everybody. And mm. just because Pidge and Amy have decided to do one thing because they can, it might be easier for you to send all three kids to the, to the local public school. Yeah, like, absolutely. So – yeah. And also, like, and I, because I do want to camp on this point, like, Amy, if you sent three kids to three different schools, mm. the amount of crap that you'd get from family members and the odd comments, yeah, you know, maybe not the immediate family, yeah, but you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, the amount yeah. of crap that you would pick up from, you know, people from sporting clubs and people in your world, yeah, oh, they're bloody crazy. And as if you'd need yeah, to, yeah. that's like, no, shut up, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I've developed a fairly thick skin over the years. Yeah, that's right. You have to do right. Things. You do, right? And when, you, when you're someone that sort of, I suppose, takes risks and very educated risks, I like to think we do. But when you're someone that does things a little bit differently, you, mm. you get used to people commenting on, on your life and how you do things. And, yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, but absolutely people would have something to say and would think that I was mad. And I come from a family of teachers public yep. education teachers too yes. so yeah so you're not some <laughs> private snob no gosh, you're literally no, far, just yeah far from it yeah okay. yeah but it was the yeah the environment and I think that if we you know if we actually looked at all of the kids in our school and hand-picked the environment for each of them then you know not all siblings would all be at the one school all the time and you know yeah. I mm. think that we're individuals yeah so. I grew up in Grafton and yeah. we were public school all the way, but my parents offered private, but as if I was going to at 16 years old say, yeah, send me to Brisbane. I'd love that. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, but, and, and they were obviously always going to be cool with it, but it was, I, so I've, as a result, I've always been really pro public, but I think where the, the discussion changes is exactly what you're saying. You've got to fit the kid. Mm. Um, and in the, in the hot debates I've had with people that are pro the private education and in sydney you're talking 30 grand plus a year mm. depending on where you're going um there's the element of the finance side of things but it always does come back to like I've, i mean a, someone i know really well sent three kids to private school and probably agreed that one of them didn't really need it but the other two absolutely did mm. um and so there's a there is that element of just figuring out what does this kid actually need yeah. yeah, and being open to it, and stop comparing yourself to others if you think absolutely. You know. And I think being open to change throughout the process too. So, Matt, you might make a decision at one point in your child's life, as in this is where we're going to send them, 
but don't be afraid to change that. And mm. to own you it. You know, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But as well, like it's this element that the better you are with organising your money and keeping away from consumer debt and having good systems in place, the more options you'll have. But I could probably speak freely that me growing up, it was probably never an option for me to go to a private school. Yeah. Because the money just wasn't there. Mm. And so that's a a lesson as well. Like I basically, I counselled some clients uh, a couple of years ago and they were struggling to make ends meet. Like they were late on their home power bill. And for me, that's as, Mm. you know, that's the baseline pyramid like of, whatever you got a food shelter electricity to keep your family warm or all that stuff but their kids are in private school Mm. and it's like no you're broke like you actually can't afford that and they weren't keen on going to get more work so absolutely i want everybody to have the best for their kids but you can't magically get around the maths of a situation yeah so it might not be affordable that's right I think people need to be really, really, really educated and have a really clear understanding of why you're sending a child to a certain school. Like specifically, what is it that that child is going to get Mm. from that setting? And um, do I, you know, so therefore is there value in the money that I'm spending? And if that particular child can get that somewhere else because of his or her personality or because of you know, a I mean, whole it, other reasons. Then yeah, it'd be the biggest waste of money for me to go to private school. Yeah. It just like would have been a waste of money. Mm. Well, we grew up on the coast too, Glenn, where there wasn't yeah. really a public school, uh, sorry, a private school culture. You no. Know, there, it just didn't exist. No, that's right. At that time. Yeah. And so I guess we were out of that bubble a little, I suppose. Mm. Mm. Um, so again, like anything, we can't tell you what to do, but we just want to be the voice of, hey, let's just have the conversation. Just for sure. Have the conversation, start thinking, start planning, um, and do what's right for you and tell everyone else to shut up. Now, James. Talking about shutting up. Yes. <laughs> have you seen, I mean, Amy's probably the only one that can really answer this, except I definitely can too. Facebook groups, the mm. mums. <laughs> Central, were you on the Central Coast Mums Facebook group? Nope. <laughs> did that exist? It did. It probably did. Mm. Oh, d- it does. I'll tell you what, Northern exist. Beaches Mums. Like this. I was like, in don't there get because I got financial planning leads from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be careful with those ones. <laughs> the, like, I mean, the, don't get me wrong. There is a, a lot of good support mm. in those types of groups. Um, you've got to be really careful. Absolutely. What you, what you ask for mm. yeah. or, or yeah, or sharing opinions and that type of thing. It's, it's like, um, it's even like Instagram when it like the, the baby industry, if you think the wedding industry is bad, the mm. baby industry will kill you mm. when making you feel guilty for not spending on everything. That's and right. That as well. And this goes for the My Millennial Money Facebook group. And like, I don't give anyone legitimate weight loss or fitness advice mm-hmm. look at me i can't like i'll take fitness advice from john um but the amount of crap that people give their advice to other people mm. they're just opinions and they're a lot of them are incorrect so yeah yeah just be very careful and that's like i guess the overarching theme for our podcast as well it's like use a sounding board pay for the clarity call with john mm. for 220 dollars, where he can objectively drop a bomb and say, no, nah, that's crap. 
And then he doesn't, he's not emotionally invested. He can just go, nah, you're right, you're wrong. Or he's probably not as blunt as I would be. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got some kids, you know, James probably a a good point uh, to start with. And then we'll move to Amy that you got older kids. How do you manage your cash flow with a young family? So, look, for us initially, our, our young family didn't make our lives any more expensive right. because we had been not- Living the high life? Not living, like, I mean, we were spending more than we needed to. Um, and we were, we were in a position, we talked about this in the last episode, we were, we were saving really well as well, but we were burning cash from time to time because we were getting paid again in a fortnight and it was okay to be doing that because we had nothing else to spend it on. Everything was lined up. But when the kids came along, a simple tweak of that, you know, it might be less eating out or and more nappies, but it wasn't a big change. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, if that's the life you're living before you have kids, you're going to be hamstrung, even if you don't want it to be, they'll tie you back in one way or another. And so... Just on the nappies thing, yeah. my mum used um, cotton nappies for me and washed them and recycled. Mm. Like, is that actually cheaper? Do you think? Can you still buy cotton nappies? Yeah. Well, you can buy like modern, reusable, <laughs> eco-friendly nappies. Yeah, I know that they cost a freaking fortune. Yeah, they're there expensive. Are, there are those old Terry Towelings that mm. we like. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I mean, they're good for even if you're not using them every day for nappies, they, you need those everywhere anyway. Yep. So, what, <laughs> so what you're saying is if you actually have a good understanding of what it costs you to exist before babies, you can make the tweaks and adjustments post baby. You might be able to. You might it's be not, able to. not necessarily, but I think I think the idea is. I mean, the, we talk about the, the Money Smart site is a really good one if you want to go. There's a budget planner on there, and there's a few. Th- there's a, a baby section or a child section, and that's a really good point, a place to start. Um, but really, you've just got to go through those items and think about what they cost, and look at what you're not going to be doing or where you could cut back, mm-hmm. and you might find that it's not going to cost you any more to live. With young kids, and and that's probably the difference between mine and Amy's situation is, we've got a, a two and a one year old effectively, or close to it, um, and they you know they're not doing all the sports. Yeah, that's where the not, expense starts. You know, <laughs> childcare is absolutely there, mm. um, and that has to be factored in. But I think the biggest thing is not your expenses necessarily increasing, but your income decreasing in one way or another. Yeah. 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 That's probably So you've got to, you've still got to manage it. You're going to be in a more difficult position in most cases. Yeah. So any like tips off the top of your head, like any hacks that you've picked up over the last couple of years, even, whether it's at the supermarket or whatever, with. Don't take them. Oh, shop online. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. So James shops online. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And just be used to receiving brown bananas or, or you know, meat that expires tomorrow. Yeah. And, and you get, True. look, you do get, you can, you, you get rebates for all that stuff, refunds, but it's, it works. It works really? for us. Yeah. So I guess, and that's good because you can fill up your shopping cart online. And if you've budgeted, we've got $80 for mm. this grocery run. And I'm just making it 80. I don't know if that's a lot or not much. Try 300. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Push it up. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm not qualified. I told you. This is why I've got subject matter experts here. 
<laughs> but look, that goes to the point of, I mean, one of the conversations with every single person that I work with that, that is spending too much money or spending more than they think they should and they don't know where their money's going. Yeah, which it's is a so supermarket. Many, it's a supermarket. They go every second day. They're yeah. at IGA, then they're at Woolies, then they're at Coles. Don't talk about me like that. I mean, <laughs> so you've got one eye on the future too, Glenn, I believe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So what I say, if you are going shopping, you've got to take two things with you. Mm. Full tummy and a list. Yeah, and that's just you. That's not if you're dragging yeah. kids yeah. along as yeah. well. Yeah, oh, I couldn't do it. No <laughs> way. What is it with rainy days in holidays, mm. in school holidays? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a good one there. Any other kind of cash flow or money hacks that you've used around the house with kids, whether it's, you know, someone said, um, this is actually interesting. Kids don't need much at all. And this was um, Jacqueline. Kids don't need much at all. Everything you can find secondhand, especially decent clothing, as they grow so fast, give them experiences, not things. Nature is free. XX. I agree completely. Hey, I know I crap on all the time about getting our foundations in place, but our personal protection plan is something you need to do today. I know many of our listeners have got this set up, but if you're one of them and haven't already, go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and I'll put you in touch with someone who can guide you through. Generally, there's no cost to have an initial chat. And if you're young, fit and healthy, you need to get this stuff in place today. If you've got a family and you're not covered, hey, what if you freaking died? I'm not messing around. You need to get insured. Do it. Do it now. And anyone that I refer you to will do it the same way that we teach and we talk about here. And that advice provider, wherever you are in Australia, are happy to have a complimentary discussion with you at no cost to see where you're at and see if they can help. So what have you got to lose? Have a chat today. Jump on to sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. One of my... Uh, really good clients, Katie. Shout out to Katie and her family. She had, uh, she has a few kids and they're all young and they are really tight budget and she would make the kids, if they wanted something new, they had to find something to sell to replace it. Mm. And it was awesome because they'd be literally figuring out how to, you know, it's the first step in entrepreneurialism, yeah. starting to you know, figure out what they can sell, get it on eBay, get it on Gumtree and start to get them active. With the kids' clothes, like for school and stuff, how do you guys do that? Like, do you have to use the school clothing shop? Uh, It depends. That varies school to school. Right. Um, Yeah, so each school has a different option. Our school has a place where you can buy new and then a place where you can buy a second hand. Yeah. Um, Charlie, our youngest... Basically, we'll never get anything new, probably. No, because Max <laughs> Just gets is... all Max's hand-me-downs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's always other families at school that will say, oh, you know, I bought this for my son and he mm. wore it for two weeks and he's never worn it again, mm. you know. So there's definite ways to, yeah. um, to get around the cost, I suppose, of clothing your children. Yeah. Or you could be like my sister who had kids after me and I don't think has paid for one item of clothing in the last seven years. She's had a boy and then a girl and I had a boy and then a girl. Wow. And it's just gone like direct direct to her. That's right. Yeah. 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 And I guess if they're growing so fast. Yeah. I mean. We just put Eden in a whole lot of pink stuff. Yeah. Why not? He's fine with it. That's right. (laughs) Hey. We're flamboyant Eddie. (laughs) Um, Okay. So any, what about like 
food and feeding uh, your four kids, Amy? Yeah. One, um, of, one of them is a 40-year-old man <laughs> named John. <laughs> so food's always been a little bit of a bone of contention between Pidge and I. Because, um he That's what we like. <laughs> he, um, we just had very different upbringings, I suppose, around food. Right. And not a criticism at all of no, like, it's just different. John's. It was just different. So, yeah. um, and his understanding, I suppose, or of food was like very different to mine. So when we first met, I was horrified at what he would eat. He was working as a personal trainer running his big company in South Australia and ordering a takeaway pizza for lunch and like just eating (laughs) everything out of it. But he was a bloody, he'd burn it off. Oh, he would. He would burn it off. And But I'd come in from this, like mum and dad had the veggie garden and they'd grow everything and everything was cooked fresh and I'd come in from this whole other perspective of like, what are you eating all that crap out of a packet for? Like, (laughs) you know, you... You're this Iron Man, you need to be giving your body proper stuff. And anyway, so this kind of but like and he was keen to take on my way of living until he saw the cost of that. (laughs) So that's always been a bit of a challenge. But he essentially, I suppose, has come around to wanting to eat better quality food. And so that's one area of our life where we don't really compromise so much. So when like do you literally do the farm to table packs or anything like oh that occasionally your... yeah so where do you get your produce occasionally from? um or a whole range of different places like right. local you know local businesses that is that the um do you get it from um pharmacy organics is that what you're yeah of? well it's uh, they're just Beth. In... yes they're in Muro or yep. whatever yep. Yep. yep yep so yep so there's been different companies like these guys over the years that we've... You guys have the good farmer's markets through. here, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, good yeah. markets. And is um, the cost higher than Woolworths or is it surprisingly the same? Um, it's In some things it's more expensive, in others it's cheaper. Um, if you can buy in bulk, that helps in regards to like meat and things so if and you've an, got the capacity to And freeze. another thing you can do as well with your local group of friends, if you are like-minded, yep. go all buy in bulk. Like and yep. just carve it out. But the, uh, this is the trade-off as well. If you're working nine to five, both parents, yeah. do you have the time to, to run around? That's and cook exactly and right. That's so absolutely, that's the challenge. And like my kids will whinge all the time because the pantry's full, but in there, there's nothing to eat in there, mum, because it's all got to be <laughs> cooked. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> so you're say you're saying you're you've picked your battle on fresh produce, be yep. it organic and. Yeah, not always organic and we're, you know, probably like 80, 20 is yeah, probably, yeah. but in terms of what I'm giving the kids on most days and dinners and lunches, I try to make a good choice and that's not always the cheapest choice, unfortunately. But, but are there yeah. things that you're very lax on because it's not a battle that you're worth, that it's worth fighting or convenience around anything food related or anything like that? Oh, like the kids, you know, we go away. Yeah, Christmas every year and I think the kids have ice cream for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah, like, sure. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm not never going to be one to, mm. say, you know, we go out for dinner, they can choose what they want. Yeah. They can, yeah. So I definitely, life's to be lived. But at the same time, I want to try to teach them that, you know, you also need to, it is important what you're eating and you've got to make decent choices. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Yeah. That's one of those arguments. There's always going to be those things you've got to either relax on or not. Mm. And you can't, if you're freaking out about everything, you'll 
blow your mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I always just like pick your battles. Yeah, yeah. Big time. 100%. And and that's where the biggest battle for I, I've found for us managing kids mm. is time versus money. Yeah. What's more important? Mm. And for me, most of the time it's time. Yeah. And I will, I will spend or some people would call it blow money on things like a cleaner or yep. the online delivery fee yep. or Uber Eats if it's, you know, I've got calls to make that are going to make me more money than that. That's exactly right. So you've got to mm. think through that type of thing. Don't yeah. freak out. It's, it's hard because some people who are naturally savers mm. don't give themselves permission and they yeah. blow their minds trying to save money all the mm. time and it, it, it just you end up in a hole. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and that's funny. It's like I use the kind of comments like you're over there working out how to do this in the best, most efficient way where I'm just over here doing it mm. and making more progress because you're stuck in this, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's okay to spend money, people. Just, you know, I probably would. It's interesting, like, I don't know whether I should go there. So, yeah, so basically any before we move on, James, and for Amy, just – managing the daily cash flow thing in the household what's your biggest challenge been my biggest challenge with my our kids is that our kids think we're awful parents because we don't buy them stuff oh no you are though so so this is a real an ongoing challenge and the older they get so we're really conscious of buying like the kids obviously get nice stuff at Christmas and at birthdays, but for the rest of the year, they don't just get stuff for the sake of getting stuff. And we're trying to be conscious of teaching them the value of money and also try to help them understand that they don't need stuff essentially to yep. make them happy. So most kids that their age now, they all have their own iPad. Um, they often have their own computer as well, TVs in the bedrooms, multiple um, gaming devices yeah. and we have one family iPad yep. that's for the family and mm-hmm. one family computer. Pidge has a laptop for work but we try to keep it simple so give them access to it but without being over the top. And and so as silly as this sounds but this is a constant struggle, a constant mm-hmm. battle of why. Why can't we have that? Why mm-hmm. everybody has that? Why yep. don't we get that? Why can't we have this, that, and mm. and know. to the parents listening, what would you say to them? Because you've basically had to wean and continually hold yeah. the fort. Yeah, like is it just tough love for one of a word? Which oh, is, I feel like I'm making the tough decisions all the time, but I feel like I'm doing it for the overall good, overall benefit. Maybe it won't. Who's be. the I more softer know. one, you or John? Oh. In, in some ways I am, yeah, in sure. other ways he is. Yeah. yeah, we both probably have our areas that we're... Good answer, Amy. <laughs> yeah. And so just on the... So my niece and nephews, like yeah. the twins and Grace, like they've got their own iPads, right? Mm. And But Lauren, what she does, she goes, all right, six weeks iPad for... Like she'll yeah. do... Um, we do that too. Yeah, we've just mm. literally... And she goes, oh, they go nuts for about 20 minutes. And then after that, they just literally forget. Yeah, they do. Um, they really and do. then just got one TV in the lounge room. Yep. So we go for periods too where we completely turn the TV off too, just yep. to try to mm. get them away from that focus. Mm. But yeah, that's a real. We find that a real challenge in the kids. It's not so much us. We're happy to not keep up with the Joneses, but the kids. Um, there's just so much now. You know, 
that kids have and have access to yeah. and have exposure to that we never had. Yeah. And I think I know when there's um, like when my nephew James or and Jeffrey, I know when the iPad's back because I get FaceTimes at 6am. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So. In saying that, though, other people may look and say, well, we spoil our kids in regards to the stuff that they do. So we've, sure. we've always been, you know, if they would like to try this sport, then go for it, try it. If they want to play a musical instrument, then if we can make it work, we make it work logistically. So in that sense, the kids get stuff, you know, they they really do. But we've also been really mindful of wanting them to to not just be given everything mm. and mm. handed everything. And what's your biggest challenge being at the household uh, in terms the, of money? It's the overall balance of time, sleep, and as a result, overspending when we lose both of those. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. I can one. appreciate that so, too, absolutely. Like Uber, but how, how, Uber Eats gets belted. Yeah, which can, which is weird. It's that kind of almost dichotomy. It's like I'm tired and then that flings to lazy mm-hmm. equals Uber Eats, which yeah. is therefore maybe not as healthy. So you so get stuck in this. Mm. Yeah. We've um, we've counteracted that to some extent with actually shout out to Peter Diamantidis, friend of ours in yeah. the industry. She She's booked to come on the podcast to talk about dreams. Yeah, she's amazing. The future, yeah. yeah. She um when Eden was born, she sent us a it was dinner ladies pack, right? Oh, These I've guys seen made them. Yeah. phenomenal frozen meals. Peter sends me a text, he's like, Any any dietary requirements? I'm like, no, all right, sweet. And then a week later, hundred and thirty dollars worth of frozen meals lands and we just chuck it in the freezer. Mm. And that suddenly we realise look, these is this is $20 a meal to feed everyone rather than 40 which is the takeaway, you know, 40 to 60 if you yeah. Uber Eats and you're going hard on it. Yeah. So half the price and definitely healthier. It's the it's the perfect medium mm. middle middle ground. So we we do that every every few weeks. We get another dinner ladies order. Right. And and that's the it's the goal of it is to replace takeaway. Yep. Um, so if you're lazy and quote unquote are going to take away, you're just going to the freezer and zapping it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Which Pidge and Amy, they don't have a microwave. No, we don't. No. <laughs> That's quite a contentious issue too. I know. I mean. <laughs> Not between he and I, but other people come and go, you don't have a microwave. I know. <laughs> I, I'm probably the only person in the world that understands that because I grew up without one. My yeah. parents still don't have one. Yeah. Neither did mine. So that's why I've just never really. Since you're all from the country, did you have many horses? <laughs> so okay so i want to just move on from the whole cash flow management thing and it just i don't even know we solved any problems but it was a good discussion with and maybe amy you know you've got a 10 year old and a seven year old maybe a six year old mm. this notion of pocket money or yep. in america allowance or whatever mm-hmm. um what's your view on that and how do you teach kids that work is required to get money yeah so we've tried a few different things over the years with this and it's um it's, this has more been about pidge and i understanding what's best as opposed to the kids so far and i think we've we're sort of at a pretty good spot now but we um we give the kids a really small nominal amount of pocket money um that 
they don't have to earn each week sure. $5 mm-hmm. that yep. they get and that's purely for a money management education mm-hmm. kind Perfect. of thing. So that goes into a bank account. Yep. They can look on the app and see it growing. If they want to buy something, in, as I said before, in between birthdays and then they can um, they can use that. So yeah. they can then watch the balance go down. Yeah. Or up as they do. So that's how we use that. If they get birthday money from, you know, Nan or Pop or whoever else, that can also go in there and they can use that for that. But then if they want more money than that, that's then when we teach them that they have to work for the yeah. money. So no, it could be $10 to sweep the driveway. Yeah. So Max mows our neighbor's lawn. Yeah. So he gets money once a fortnight for doing that. That's um, good because it's not coming from you either. It's not coming from us. That's right. So we've encouraged him to try to get out there so and good. try to find it somewhere else. Um, you know, occasionally, like I don't want them to come and because there's certain things around the house that they can do to be paid for, but at the same time, you also have to be prepared to do some things like yeah, that. Yeah, because it's part it's of the family. Part of, that's right. It's yeah. a con- con- and we we say to the kids, if you want to participate in the privileges of being in our family, you also have to contribute. You also have to, yeah. you know. So if you want the privilege of whatever it might be, you mm. have to then help us put the washing away or that's whatever, you mm-hmm. know. So um, so it's always been a bit tricky to try to find that balance. But so at the moment they get that non-negotiable $5 to help them sort of learn and watch. And how micro – so do you go – like because we teach on this podcast, you know, you should give some, save some, spend some. Yep. Do you talk to them about saving for the long term, yep. having fun, and then also there's other people and causes that are yep. not – in a good as position as they are. Absolutely. Yep. So we try to encourage them to to give. Yep. Um, they they also have, <clears throat> excuse me, That's another right. bank account, um, a term deposit essentially that um, that my dad has been putting a bit of money away in for them, and you know, so we're trying to teach them about that and the higher interest rates and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yep. and that's more of a long term thing. Yeah. They're aware, although that they don't truly understand that we do invest a little bit of money for yep. them. So we're trying to teach them that there's different avenues, I suppose. Mm. And yeah. and um, and then if there's like a jump rope for heart thing at yeah. school, yeah. they can give to that or whatever. Yep. 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 And I guess we're, and we're also trying to be – or trying to teach them too that for them as well, their contribution to giving doesn't just have to be financial. So trying yeah, to give with their time mm. as well, like where they can because not everybody can give – Yep. financially, but you can give in other ways. Mm. And so... And, and just on that, shout out to A21, a21.org forward slash AU. That's the charity partner that um, we support as a podcast. So there you go. If you need somewhere to give, check out A21. They stop slavery all around the world. Good cause, good people, great people. As <laughs> Trump would say... Uh, <laughs> what would he say? <laughs> Uh, A21, they're a good bunch of people, a lot of good people in there. <laughs> and then he'd breathe. Yeah. <laughs> it's fake news. It's fake news, everyone. Fake news. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> um, okay, so that's that's cool. So you've got a balanced approach to Try. trying the best you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're trying to say to the kids too that if you've got ideas where you can – well, you want more money or you yeah, can earn more money, by all means, bring them to us. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell us. Like, totally. Totally. Um, I read a really cool article about one dad that was paying his kid to read like certain books that he and the if the child read the book, 
then he got a certain amount. And if he wrote an essay, he was an older, yeah. if he wrote an essay or whatever, an analysis of the book, he got a certain amount more money. And I thought that's like, you know, horses for courses cool. like that, you know, like he's trying to educate his child and at the same time teaching him to value educating. So it's interesting. How much does your neighbour charge Max? Um, so oh, he, sorry, how much does Max charge your neighbour? Yeah, so twenty dollars. Um, he get just the front lawn. Yeah, it's just. The Would front he want to come and like get another job and do my little back area? Yeah, maybe we should do that. I'll talk to Pidge because, <laughs> like, I pay Todd across the road twenty dollars. Yeah, but um, I mean, I'd rather do that and i could give him the key so he can let himself in and yeah. sweep the back deck and yeah i'm sure he'd love to yeah does yeah. he have his own mower well he's got our mower could he walk that around where do, yeah yeah i'm just a yeah very careful yeah. it's a jungle out there <laughs> <laughs> we'll he talk could. but i yeah. think that, that could be a cool thing yeah i reckon um, he could yeah that'd be fun he'd like it um so i won't for the sake of time james i won't talk about that type of Pocket money because your kids are still yes they are they're yeah. they're not slaves to uh, us <laughs> yet no mowing lawns just yet very soon although <laughs> Eden, Eden was trying to get the washing in yesterday <laughs> in the short time we've got left so you've got a hard we've got a hard fifteen minutes um, is that is that already yeah it's crazy Dude, isn't it's it gone quick, yeah. yeah I want to talk actually we'll we'll move on to saving for the future for the kids right do you want to read what Hannah said. Hannah, Hannah has said, putting money aside for kids or nieces and nephews in my case would prefer to put some money aside or buy shares as a gift rather than stuff. I like that, Hannah. What's the best way to go about doing this? And then just at the um, under that, Ainsley said, my goodness, I'd love you as my children's aunt. Uh, No, that's probably not going to add anything. Yeah, actually, so, um, Mikey Boy Stanfield's question was a, li- a little bit similar. Yeah, read that and shout out Mikey Boy. Mikey um, Boy, Mike. He was actually at the Melbourne Live event, and um, yeah, they've got news that their first child's on the way in November. So, congratulations, congratulations. Mikey Boy. Good people in. So, Melbourne. do you want to do you want to <laughs> read that? Yeah. So, my wife and I are expecting our first child in November. We see ourselves probably having three kids in total. Would like to be able to buy each child a car for their 18th birthday. Let's say 15 grand each. We have equity in our home that we could leverage. What is the best way to achieve this goal and how much cash will we need to start with when the child is born? Um, well, Mikey boy, lucky I've got a ca- calculator with me. I did uh, some quick numbers before and actually the guys below, James Smith's been very helpful with this answer already. $15 a week. You're pretty much right. I mean, you could look after all kids for those cars for about $50 a week. Yeah, so two and a half grand a year. Yeah. 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 And so you'll have 15 grand each by the time they turn 18. Just remember that in 18 years time, 15 grand is probably not going to be worth as much. So you might want to jack that up a little bit if you're looking at what it's worth now, mm. but not a lot. I would Actually, say. On, on the car situation, what are, you pl- what are you and Pidge planning to do with cars for kids? Um, we've talked a little bit about, yeah, and then what we'll we're going to do back here. Around mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we're kind of at the moment trying to come up with a bit of a solution, I suppose, not a solution, but a challenge essentially that will get Max started on soonish in that we'll match what he saves, saves up yeah. to five grand what or he, something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that if he's willing to, yeah, like, you know, so if he knows the car that 
he wants and so there's got to be a little bit of input from him as well and that will then um, come to the party and yeah. match that. We've if- just got to think of the the parameters around that and yeah. how exactly that's going to work. And that's it. Like, because my mum and dad managed to buy Lauren and I a car each when we got our peas, which was 10 grand mm. and get a lot of car for 10 grand. Mm. Um, but even if you said to the kids, we'll match you five grand each mm. in the today's for dollars sure. up to, yeah. So that's. As a first car, that's awesome. That's all right. Totally. Sure. Exactly. So back to, I mean, Hannah, in regards to putting money away, there's, I mean, there's all sorts of options, right? But, mm. I mean, firstly, the stuff. I mean, can I just talk the, – the stuff that accumulates when you've got – I mean, we've got tot, we've got a two and a one-year-old and and the place is full. And it's not us. It's everyone else. But we, mm. we do – you know, you go to the shops, you buy something and it, it just it just adds up so quickly. Mm. So the idea of investing, Hannah, is a brilliant idea. And if you can start to – it doesn't take much to build up a decent lump sum mm. over time. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I do, so as I said, I've got two nephews who are seven years old, twins, um, and Grace, who's nine. Um, yeah. And my sister, she was the same. Like she's a bit of a minimalist and the kids have so much crap. So I've basically of the view now uh, for their birthdays, when I go up and visit them, they're in Queensland. I'll take them out for dinner. Uh, we might go to the shops and they can buy something small or superficial. But I've set up three investment bonds. And these are the investment bonds that um, we've set up for uh, the kids, yep. Amy. So effectively, the accounts, what I did for my niece and nephews, and I think I will, I'm heading up there for the Brisbane show. So I might actually print the accounts and actually just start to show the kids like, hey, um, I'm no longer buying because they're old enough, I think, now to actually yeah, to understand, understand that you're not going to get a present for your birthday or Christmas off me, but I'm putting this money away and yep. it's going to grow. Yep. So when you're 19 or 20, you can put it towards a car or a home or whatever. Mm. Okay. So what I did, I think at the time, I was thinking I'll throw five grand for each kid, but I think I started the bonds with $2,000 each and every month I just put $100 in each account. The advantages of investment bonds are... There's a bunch of them. So firstly, the investment bond rule is if it's if it's away for 10... It's essentially locked away for 10 years because if you pull it out, you're going to have to pay tax on it. At the company tax rate, company which is under 30%. Rate. Yeah, so... Not a, not a huge disincentive, but the idea is it's not in your face. It's not your everyday banking. So it's not in mum and dad's offset account or, or you know, in the ING. Yeah, there's less chance maximizer. of Pidge getting his mitts on it to buy a new mountain Pidge by a road bike or something, right? Yeah. That's right. One of those exactly. visors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's up. So, I mean, Glenn, in your situation, I mean, you, that'd be 50 grand in 18 years' time, basically. One yeah. of those accounts. Yeah, totally. 45 or 50 grand. And so the idea is it's a way. Um, but it, and it's not just sitting in a bank account. So when you're looking at where do you put your money, my rough rule is if it's going away for five years or more, you can probably start to invest that yeah, um, or at least a good chunk of it. But if it's going away for 10 to 20 years, you should absolutely be taking a higher risk if you've got that longer term yeah. investment. As long as you can you know, ask yourself some risk profile questions and if you're working with an advisor, they'll help you go through that. But the idea there is that you start it with something yeah. and you put something in on a monthly basis. So the other advantage with the investment bond as well 
these three bonds are in my name and we are mm. uh, John and Amy. They're in joint names. But each year, I don't have to put those three bonds on my own personal tax return. They're internally taxed at the company tax rate. Okay. And then, as you said, after 10 years, if they get sold, they're capital gain tax free. Yeah. So you pay a bit of tax along the way, but no CGT. Um, but if I die, um, I've listed on the bonds that they go to the kids and there's an indication on there and it's non-binding uh, that they are to get them at age 24 um, for the purpose of a home deposit. Mm-hmm. So it's not binding, but you know, if I do die and they are smart enough, they can say, oh, he wanted us to have this for a home deposit. Now, if I do die, they're each getting 200 grand anyway as part of my will that goes on trust until they're 30 years old. But the main thing is these bonds, it's still my money. Now, if one of them turns 18 and ends up snorting coke, gets crazy, ends up in jail, addicted to ice, worst case scenario, it's simple. I just remove that child as the beneficiary. Mm. It's simple. It's still my money. Mm -hmm. So, that's the important estate planning tool with the investment bonds. Big time. So, And there's options for... You can put those in in the kids' names for them to get it later, but it's not necessarily the smart option, right? Exactly. You, you would lose control, control. in that case. Yeah. So, yeah. so, and another thing with the investment bonds, the bonds are just the housing or the, uh, the thing wrapped around the investment. So, like superannuation isn't an investment in itself. It's the vehicle. Yep. So, within super, there's different investment options. Within the investment bonds, um, we've got, uh, John and Amy's in a Vanguard uh, index fund, mm. a blended index fund. So yep. it's skewed towards, I think, a close to 90% growth because the kids don't need the money tomorrow. Uh, so you can choose your own adventure. There's a variety of different, you can have an ethical investment option. So it's good to get advice. And I generally say to people, don't worry about setting up an investment account for the kids or whatever until one, you've probably got over two grand you know, mm. per child, closer to five might be make more sense. Uh, and two, maybe you've got an amount of money to add each month or you can just, like Mike has equity, he could straight up carve five grand off his home loan tomorrow, put in one investment bond and every time a kid's born, just set up another one with five grand, mm-hmm. okay? Or what you might do if there's an older child, you might load that up more and then the younger ones cash flow more. Like there's a million different ways for strategy. But if you do want to chat with James, uh, go to sortyourmanout.com, click get help, fill out your details. And I'll if James is the right advisor, I think for you, I'll refer you to James. And what would you do with somebody? Would you have a little powwow first? or Yeah, we do our defined sufficient meeting first. So what's the defined sufficient meeting do so how much is it so with the idea of the business being sufficient funds we strongly believe you can't make financial decisions until you've defined your life define what is sufficient not low cost not meager but what's ideal for you for you exactly and so we spend an hour and a half going through you give us some info up front and we build on that we we map those goals we look at dollar values time frames and give you a real roadmap essentially yeah for it's, it becomes the foundations for your future money yep. decisions. And so 
as part of that, obviously we're going to, if you're talking about these bonds, you're going to uncover the fact that you're trying to save for kids or in Hannah's case, nieces and nephews. Yeah. And as part of that, well then we can, we can start to plan for that and we can give you a fixed price quote if that's what you want to do yeah. to then to yeah. put that plan together. Yeah. So it's important that, um, yeah. So James is happy to have a 15 minute little powwow with anyone. Yeah. And that will just go, look, I think, you know, you probably, I don't think I can help or add value or, hey, I think we do need to dig deeper. Let's have that dig deep session, which is $220. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you need to get advice. And, you know, if you're going to see an advisor and like it, James might say, look, I can set you up these two bonds or this one bond, uh, the professional advice fee, it could be $1,800. I don't know. Um, well and truly under two grand. Probably a bit less. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's why it's kind of, you kind of need at least maybe five to 10 grand if you really want to go down that road or if James is doing other work for you and other goal setting, it kind of makes it worthwhile. Mm. So, um, certainly, and Hannah, you'd be a great candidate for, um, for setting up some investment bonds. And then what I do is each year you can add money in and mum and dad are going to put money in as well. Mm. Um, for sure. So it's just, again, the investment bond is not the investment, it's the vehicle. So, um, we've got a couple of quick minutes. I just want to ask both of you, uh, experience is not things for the kids. Overseas trips to third world, have you taken the kids anywhere like that, Amy? Not yet. Oh, we've been to Indonesia. Yeah. Um, but definitely on the, the list, I suppose, of things, just probably trying to wait for the time where they're, at an age where they'll truly appreciate what we're trying to teach them yeah. out of it. Um, but, yeah, you saying before, Glenn, that you take Lauren's kids out and um, we asked my mum and dad and sister and sort of our immediate family to do a similar thing yes. a few years ago. Um, so the kids get really spoilt in the sense that, like, they get taken out for their birthday or go and do something with Nan one-on-one yeah, and then with – my dad one-on-one and they mm. get all of this time, yeah. um, which they love. Yeah. They love and they look forward to it and they can remember, they can, my kids can tell you what Nan's done with them for their birthday for the last three or four yeah, years, yeah. whereas they can't remember, you know, the toy that Santa brought them last year. Mm-hmm. or the, So that's been really great at trying to minimise. And sometimes that thing that they do might cost mum 20 bucks, yeah. but, you know, they might just go, to two birds and have um, a mocker or high something. tea, yeah, yeah high you know, tea, high yeah, tea yeah, at yeah. two birds there or something yeah. like, and yeah. um, <laughs> you know, something special, and yeah. but it doesn't need to be. So there's really creative ways I can suppose I suppose that you can go about um, doing things with the kids without them having to have stuff. We yeah. we've fallen into the baby chino phase. Already. Yeah, <laughs> Ada calls them special drinks. Well, to all the <laughs> this is yeah. this is a lesson for all the uncles and aunts out there who don't have kids themselves, like me. Get this: I don't have to buy my seven-year-old niece a forty-dollar Pandora charm. Yeah, I can just go to Levisa or whatever it's called and get something for five dollars. Yeah, and she doesn't know the difference. <laughs> so. <laughs> I've learned that. Very true. <laughs> I guess this whole thing, it is choose your own adventure. Mm. Let's finish on two things. If you are a double unit family, whatever you call it, two people with kids, one who's working full time, one who's a stay-at-home spouse or a low-income earner spouse, if you were going to do anything 
for the lower income earner spouse super each year, what would that be, James? Uh, you would have a spouse contribution. So there's an offset you could put in up to three grand on behalf of your spouse. So the higher income earner puts it in on behalf of the lower income earner uh, and there's an 18% tax offset. So that three grand would give you $540 back into your, um, and you're still building up into your own account. You're still building up your spouse's super fund. So it's one of those small things you can do to contribute and keep building super. The other one, government co-contribution. So that's you making the contribution on your, on your own behalf and you are the low income earner. Yes. Um, and you can make in up to up to $1,000 and yep. the, the government matches it. If you put 1000 in, the government matches that and gives you another 500 Can you throw me that calculator, please, James? And Yeah, so for example, um, the reason why if you were a low income earner spouse, if you did one thing as a family and threw four grand into the super... Mm. Each year, while that spouse wasn't working, um, you're getting up to $500 as a co-contribution from the government, and the spouse is then saving a fi- getting a $500 tax mm-hmm. rebate. That four grand, or the 40, up to $4,500 in total that you would get, including the government co-contribution, that's basically the same amount as if someone was earning uh, 50, 50, grand, 50 yeah. grand a year, yeah, getting the super contributions. Mm-hmm. So that's a really cool thing for sure. Um, all right, we've got a bounce. Uh, this has been really fun and it's been great insight uh, into both of your worlds. And I want to thank you both for coming on today. And any other final comments you'd wish to add? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. My Millennial Money supports A21. A21 is a non-profit organisation that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash au. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter Proprietary Limited, trading as Sort Your Money Out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Amy. Glenn. What's it like being married to an Iron Man? (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
There's lots of shit everywhere. Really? Yep. Like bikes. Bikes. And what about those little gel packs? Oh, Is there lots of that? Gel packs. Really? Yep. Socks. <laughs> so, realistically, like... Arm warmers. <laughs> Crap. Is it a selfish sport? Absolutely it is. Like he's on that bike for hours on end. That sounds terrible when I say absolutely it is. It is a selfish sport, but I love it too. Yeah. Like I think it's – he loves it. It's good for him. Yeah, yeah. It's – yes, if you want to do it and you want to do it well, there has to be an element of selfishness Yeah, but that's everything, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's like, you know – Just look at Glenn with the podcast. (laughs) I know. Exactly. That's right. Um, There's no free time in my life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, like it's it is. It's a, yeah. It's and a time-consuming. Do sport. you get involved like in any of the running or anything like that yourself? As in, do I do it myself? Yeah. Oh, I used to run, ran. Yeah. Run, 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 run. <laughs> a little. Um, more so before we had the kids. Like yeah. I ran a couple of marathons and things yeah. myself, but um, not to the extent that Pidge does. Yeah. Um, I sort of like to do it for enjoyment and yeah. that level of training for me personally takes yep. away the enjoyment for me, but for him, he loves that. So, yeah. yeah. And um, do you ever like tell him stop wanting to buy properties? <laughs> Someone asked that. I'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> do I tell him that? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, nah, the only times it's ever really been a conversation. Yeah. Like there's always the conversation constantly happening. Yeah. And my like I do, I I am probably the one that has to rein it in a little bit, yeah. but it's it's always done within reason. Like, yeah. mate, we can't afford this right now. Like, yeah. Let's just think <laughs> <laughs> sensibly about this. Yeah, um, and, and, and that's interesting because, and we talked about this before we recorded the other episode. Like, yes, on paper it could make sense. Yeah, but the practical outworking of that, it could be like we don't need that yeah. drama mm-hmm. at this time. Yeah. Well, and I always try to be the voice with the two of us that's, okay, like we've got this plan for future financial goals yes. that we're trying to achieve, but at the same time, I don't want to be a slave to that. I don't, I want to live. Yeah. I want to, you know, be able to do, and living for us is being able to do things, not so much have stuff, yes. but yeah. to be able to do things. So, you know, it's always a bit of a, okay, well, yeah, we can do that, but that means that we don't go here or we don't. So let's figure out what's best at the moment, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people might see Pidge and go, look, he's this Iron Man. He's so happy all the time. He's just the perfect – and I've heard someone say he's the perfect man. <laughs> um, does he have any bad habits? <laughs> he's got plenty. <laughs> I know. He, he admitted on the actual podcast that he doesn't listen to you or people. No. He, I know. And he, yeah, maybe his clients might – well, it's weird. Like he's, he's really good when he's with the client, but probably get him in the home environment. He probably just slips oh, yeah. into his own world. Absolutely. Yeah. And his mind's going at 100 miles an hour constantly. Yeah. So there's always something happening. So, yeah, yeah not the best at listening. No. Absolutely hopeless at following instructions. Really? Yeah. <laughs> hopeless. <laughs> we'll never, ever read anything. Yeah. Like yeah. I bought him this set of um, wireless earbuds for yeah. Christmas yeah. They're still in the box because he won't read the instructions to work out how to connect them. And I'm being stubborn and refusing to do it for him. And I'm I, like that. Are I'm, you? I've got a GoPro I haven't even touched. Yeah, so he won't. And I'm like, mate, these are expensive earbuds. Even if you go to JB Hi-Fi and get the guys there to help you do it. Like, do that. I'm not doing it. I'm not reading the instructions for you. Well, he's not having his earbuds then. <laughs> he's not having them. 
Now, talk to us. Like you guys recently purchased a um, a house, you know, basically a street away from the beach. Yep. So a beach house. Yep. Talk to me about that process because, yep. yeah, just talk because I think there was the toss up between the beach house and the countryside. Yeah, there was. And you wanted the country. Really? Yeah, which you wouldn't pick, would you? Because it's no, Pidge that's from the country. No, he told us. Yeah. Well, he told me at the time, no, nah, got to do this because the missus wants it. No. No, I'm serious. He... No. <laughs> no, I wanted the country and he wanted the beach. Interesting. Which, yeah, is kind of the opposite yeah. considering where we both grew up. Wow. So maybe he was pissing in my pocket. Probably. Selling you up the river. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. We'll have to have words with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Just play along with I, it. I, I was playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. But um, yeah, so just, so that was interesting. And it's like with our money, like you've both, well, you had to make a compromise. Yeah, I guess. Because you wanted the nice country estate. I wanted the space. The space. I wanted the space. Yeah. And and that had a lot to do with the type of kids that we've got, like energetic <laughs> outdoor <For> kids. Sure. <laughs> and I grew up I grew up on the coast here, but I grew up on ten acres here, so I knew what that was like. Um just at you know, Tumbi, so only ten minutes from the beach. Yes. Um and Pidge grew up on much more than ten acres. So we'd both had that upbringing as kids and and while I say I wanted that and I had to make a compromise, it was also about what we could actually afford, what was doable for us at the time. And um, we were looking at both options and um, what was presenting. And um, I think my mind, we could afford a nice big block of land on the coast, on the central coast, but it was going to be, say, you know, half an hour or 40 minutes drive from everything, mm. I said to him, I feel, I think I would rather live in Minyapi's hometown yeah. and have the full country experience mm. rather than, you know, paying for the block. I don't and know if that makes sense. And then exactly, sitting in a car Sitting in your car To drive somewhere where at least if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you can't drive because it's not there. That's right. And yeah, the, you know, you're set up as a yeah. rural town, but yeah. Was but there any ever chat, like serious chats for you guys to move away? Yeah, we've talked about it a fair bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's always, it's. Right since we first met, it was a conversation as to where we're going to live because we're from two separate areas. And yeah, um, yeah. and I guess the reality of the remoteness of where Pidge grew up made it that that was not always the most viable option, um, it, just in terms of employment opportunity. And Yeah, it and certainly has its downsides. It does, yeah. Isn't it crazy how much thinking through you really have to do oh, with absolutely. this stuff? Like you think... Country, property, perfect, let's do it. Mm. But there are so many moving pieces. I mean, we saw it in, we do these defined sufficient meetings up front with clients and Mm -hmm. a client will tell me, you want to buy a house. Mm. Great. What does that look like? Mm. Where is it? And they start to think through And then, you know, half an hour later, they don't want to buy a house anymore because they figured out suddenly, oh my God, this is so different to what I thought it was going to be. That's exactly right. Mm. And um, I know, yeah, so, so much to think about. And the Minyip thing still comes up every now and then because we both love that country upbringing for the kids. And then also the dollar signs, like we go home and, you know, home is in home to Pidge's home and you can buy a thousand square mm. meters of land for $15,000. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. But, and that's it. But realistically, because 
John's business, um, I mean, there's schools everywhere that yeah. you could be an educator yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much anywhere. Uh, but John's business now could be pretty well remote. Yeah, so as he had access to an airport. A good, yeah, airport mm. and a good internet connection. Mm. Um, I guess it can be a, a topic for another yeah. day for both of you. Absolutely. Mm. I guess it's always there in the back of my mind. He's never going to go and work on the family farm though. I'd yeah. be more likely to do that than he would. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess this kind of um, – I'll put this at the end of the episode, this kind of chat, but yeah. just while I've got you both, like – with your relationships and money decisions, how, what, if, how can I phrase this? I'll say it this way, like the impression I got, because I know when you guys would sold your last house and it's mm. very rare for John to sell, but, mm. um, or for b- both of you to sell, um, it was a very hard decision about the country versus the beach house and all that. It, am I correct in saying, you both weren't moving unless you were both well and truly on the same page. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Because how many stories do you hear of, you know, a couple, one's just absolutely pulling the trigger and driving this whole thing mm. and the other spouse is just dragged along for... Yeah. And it's male or female. Like, it actually doesn't mm. matter. It's just the imbalance in a relationship. Yeah. If some, that's, that works for some people, I think, but probably not for most because mm. you do need a Yeah, I know people yeah. where mm. one of the person in the relationship are happy to literally have an, yeah. a passive yep. role in everything in life. Yeah. It's probably a rarity, as you said, James, but there is a point where it's like, no, you've got to woman or man up and actually make a decision with your partner because you're an adult. Mm. Um, well, I think that a lot of couples have designated roles within the relationship too so in some areas i know that pigeon i do this like in some areas that's he looks after that and then there's other areas and that's just how we've totally. choose to run our life because it's efficient that yeah. way but you're up to speed on the concepts of that area you just not absolutely yeah yeah but at the same time i'm happy to let him say you know you sort that out yeah just kind of fill me in and yeah yep you do that and i'll look after this and yep. and that's how it works for us yeah but, but big decisions yeah and yep. with the um we are talking about kids like and for both of you can i ask you what the decisions were around because in the last episode we talked about getting our foundations in order and whatnot um and you do the wheels if the worst case did happen where did we like how hard was it um, to make the decision, you know, if you're both on a plane and there was a total loss and the kids weren't on there, where are the kids going? Like, because it's a small percentage that that would actually happen, but mm. it's good housekeeping. Like, so James, did you guys have a close relative in your life where it was like, yeah, categorically we can commit to no, that? No, it was, no, wow. that, was a, that was a, well, yes, but... But there's a few to choose from, right? So the grandparents, both sets of grandparents are absolutely obvious choices. Um, yeah. But but ultimately, it's the uh, the sibling that's the closest that could handle it. Sure. Yeah. And and similar age kids as well. So that'd be a, a bit and of And did a, you have the discussion with the people that you were writing in your will that you would like the kids to go to this? Yeah. Yeah, we did. 100%, but briefly, yeah, because they're pretty cruisy and they said yes straight away. So we kind of just brought it up and it was done. Mm. What was your experience, Amy? Yeah, ours was similar in that we're very blessed that we've got pe- a lot of people around us, but we actually 
sort of put a few scenarios in ours, I suppose. Sure. And it comes back to this decision as to where we were going to live. So yeah. um, if we were living here, then the kids would go to my sister. Um, if we were living in Minyet, the kids would go to Pidge's brother um, or sister just so that there was less upheaval on their lives. And so we tried to sort of, I guess, cover both bases. Mm. Um, and also um, put in there that they would actually go to my mum or dad as an interim measure too so that, you yeah, know. Yeah, so there was stability straight away. Straight away yep. because yep. neither of them would have to – or dad, especially being retired, dad wouldn't have to stop work. Dad mm. wouldn't have to – It, you know, he would be able to take the children – Straight away. Yeah, tomorrow. For sure. yep, yep, that's all right. And then, you know, then they long term to figure out how they would then either go to my sister or to wherever. Yeah. So there was a, there's a bit to think about. And it for sure. involves some tricky conversations and. Usually a good estate planning lawyer as well. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren and Jeff haven't talked to me about <laughs> their kids. They either haven't got a will and got this sorted or they don't trust me. Maybe that's because you keep saying on the podcast that you don't want to have children. Oh, I mean, I'm probably okay past baby stage <laughs> when they can feed themselves. Well, and their kids are good now then. Yeah, they're fine. They're good. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> well, if she listened to this podcast, she would probably know to tap me on the shoulder. Hey, how are you? You live? No. (laughs) Make sure you look after my wife. Yeah, I will. She's just about to walk back in. Um, She's around too. Yeah, so she's she's brave enough to come back. Wow. She's meant to be back anyway. Yeah. yeah. Are you? uh, You're stuck in Adelaide, are you? Oh, I'm there. Yeah. Oh, it's not too bad actually. Uh, At least I can get some. Four hours good work done. Yeah, that's right. Do you work, do you? Wow, okay. Um, well, I work when I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'll, yeah, good. We had a really good first episode. Um, Thank you. So, I just wanted to know, like, did you want me to, just for a bit of comedic, comedic value, put Amy on the spot and ask her a question or something like that, that you've... <laughs> comedic value? Yeah. What would an example of being on the spot be? I don't know, like, what's it? Um, like, you could ask, um, I could say, John wants to know X or something. Yeah, outline it. Or, or what about, like, so she wanted the, oh, I know what we could do. She wanted the um, the beach house. Okay. You wanted the country, didn't you? Uh, well, no, I think... I think in the end it was actually the reverse. Right, right. Country boy wanted beach. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll set her up. I'll say, like, so when you guys were looking at your house, um, yeah. John was categorically saying that she wanted the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. I'll set her up that way. Yeah, that'll yeah, be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she'll be fine. She's, uh, she's all worried last night about saying the wrong thing or uh, um, hang us all out to dry. Like, nah, uh, you, you, Glenn wouldn't do that to you. No, nah, I'd do it to you though. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. All right. No, that's good. What? Uh, so what's the topic second time? Well, around? the first episode we did, um, 
you know, planning before the baby arrives, like planning and pregnancy. And this episode is now, um, you know, the baby's at home. What do we do? Yeah, okay. So, and this one, it's probably going to be a little bit more detailed um, yeah. around the paid parental leave, family cash benefits, uh, family yeah. cash flow, daycare, saving for the future, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, from our point of view, it's it's, um, it's probably not the traditional um, way where the, the employer gets 12 weeks and things like that because we're obviously business owners right throughout those three kids. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's She's probably not that okay with that whole, that whole system. But no, no, but it's... it's talking to her money. No, but it's good to get her lifestyle perspective um, yeah. about it. So The juggle. The, yeah. the hustle is real, Glenn. That's right. That's right. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, cool. How's... Uh, and James is there? Yes, you're on speakerphone. Yeah. So, hey, James. Hey, James. How are you? Um, Amy, Amy said, uh, James is James is nice. And I said, I wouldn't know. I've never met him. <laughs> <laughs> Only via phone and email. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I try, try to book an appointment and he cancels every time. Yeah. yeah. I'm just He's yeah. too busy looking after My Millennial Money listeners. True. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.